The idea of the candle lighting is very simple. Light came into the world. That's Jesus. He gave the light to the apostles, who then took it into all the world. I love the story of how Jesus came. I love that, that story, but I want you to know something that the story didn't begin in, in the little town of Bethlehem. Our story actually begins quite a bit before that. You see, when God first created the world and created us people, our original parents were put in a gorgeous, beautiful setting, a garden, absolutely perfect. There was no such thing as death, no such thing as sorrow, no such thing as pain and suffering, no such thing as stress. But the day came when temptation entered. The story is found in the book of Genesis, and I want to read it for you. And it's found in chapter 3 of Genesis. And here's where the story begins. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. Where was Adam all this time? He was with her. That's what the Bible says. And so what happened was they both committed sin. And sin, of course, always brings consequences. It always does. The Bible tells us that sin entered into the world by one man. It's a reference to Adam. And Adam is our original father. The Bible says, death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Every last one of us. Every one of us. There's no one here tonight. There's no one watching online. There's no one anywhere in the world that cannot say that he or she has never sinned. We are all sinners by birth and by choice. And we inherited this miserable, creepy sin nature from our original parents, and specifically Adam. And so the Bible says that from the womb we go astray. 
And parents often see this. How that sometimes their child will be so disobedient. Even though they're just so tiny, they can be so disobedient. They're not born obedient. They have to learn that. The sin nature has woven itself through the fabric of our heart and soul and spirit. And we know how to sin. And as we grow up, we, we may not have the same wild, disobedient nature we had when we were children, but that disobedience is still there. We just become more refined in our disobedience. And so truly, the Bible is right when it says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The glory of God essentially means God himself, really. The standard of God. Can any of us say we're as good and holy and perfect as God? We've never sinned? No. If we did, that would be another lie. Another black mark on our account. All have sinned. This is where the story begins. And I'm sorry to say it's a dark day. It's a dark day when Adam and Eve sinned and they were put out of the garden. Why did God do that? Why did he, wasn't that nasty, mean of God to, to put them out of the garden? No, it was merciful of God because in the garden was the tree of life. If Adam and Eve had gone and eaten of that particular tree, they would have remained in an unsaved condition forever. And so, because God is merciful and loving for their own good, for our own good, he put our first parents out of the garden. They weren't able, they weren't allowed, and they weren't able to come back into the garden. They couldn't sneak back in. God made sure of that. And so, we have this, this dark day, but on the very same day that Adam and Eve sinned and opened this horrible Pandora's box, sin entered into the world. God promised a Savior. And this is the little, the little glimmering, flickering light of hope. The same time man fell, God stood up and said, I'll do something about it. And so, the Savior was promised. And through the years, God sent prophets. And the prophets preached about this coming Savior. For example, in Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6, the prophecy was, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. All talking about the one and same Savior. This Savior was prophesied, promised to come. The prophets spoke about Him numerous times. This 
wonderful, amazing Savior was to come from the lineage of King David. And we have a picture here representing King David on the throne, possibly one of the prophets, maybe one of his men reading to him some scripture. As you read through the Bible, starting at Genesis, you start learning more and more about this wonderful Messiah, this Savior, this Christ. We learn more and more about him. And in Isaiah 11, verse 1, it says, And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. That's just one of other scriptures that speak of the lineage of this Savior. So this Savior was going to be born into the world. This was God's plan. We just read Isaiah chapter number 9. And, uh, and verse 6. And so, through the years, they would read the Scriptures. And uh, the parents would teach their children about God and about the coming Messiah. The word Messiah means the Anointed One. That's the Hebrew word for Anointed One. Christ is the Greek word for Anointed One. So it's the same the same anointed one, one and the same, this Messiah, this Christ, this Savior. And they would read about him and talk about him and remind one another about him. And I'm sure that many of them, when they would pray, they would give thanks for a coming Messiah, a Savior that could save Save us from our sins. And we have a little hymn now. We would like you to join us in singing. In your hymn book 138. You can remain seated on this hymn. Hymn number 138. Hymn number 138. O come, all ye faithful. Oh, come, all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. Oh, come ye, oh, come ye to Bethlehem. Come and behold him, born the King of heaven. Oh, come, let us all. 
while the years rolled on. And people were waiting and waiting for the Messiah to come. I'm sure many of them wondered, will he ever come? That's normal for people to wonder. But there came a day when something special happened. An angel came and made a very special visit to a young girl by the name of Mary. And she was espoused to a man named Joseph. And what was about to happen was an absolute miracle. This had never, ever, ever happened before in earth's history and will never, ever happen again because there's no need of it. There was need for this time. The Savior, the Messiah, was to be born and he was to be bo born of a virgin. That was one of the prophecies back from Isaiah chapter 7. And so, we pick up the story in Luke chapter number 1. It says, And in the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. There's that lineage. And the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this might be, this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. The name Jesus. What a wonderful name. It means Savior. He shall be great and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. There's the lineage again. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Can you imagine how this young girl must have struggled with thoughts and feelings, emotions at that time. This sort of thing just doesn't happen. And then to tell her that she was going to conceive in her womb and bring forth a son. And here's what you're going to name him. It was all laid out so they could, they, they could make no mistake. Mary wondered how this could happen and she even asked the angel and the angel went on to explain to her that the power of the highest of God would come upon her. It was important that the Messiah, the Savior, be born without a human father. I suppose that God can do anything. He could have had a human father involved. However, doing so would have brought in the inherited sin from Adam, 
Wherefore, as by one man sin entered the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. And so God knew that it had to be a virgin birth. That was the only way. The only possible way. Wow. How was she going to explain this one? How was she going to explain to Joseph or her family or her friends? It seems that sometimes God puts us in situations where we really need to trust in Him. So it seems. We're going to sing another hymn, 142, in your hymn book. Would you turn there now, please? Hymn number 142, 142, O Little Town of Bethlehem. O little town of Bethlehem, how still we Well, the Lord has ways of making things work out. And God spoke to Joseph and told him not to be afraid to take Mary to be his wife. And God explained because what's inside her is of God. Joseph was a good man, a man who loved the Lord. He was a, what we would call a saved person saved from hell and for heaven he loved God with all his heart you know family and home sure makes a big difference when Jesus is the head of the home when both mom and dad love the Lord with all their heart it makes all the difference in the world and it seems to shut the door on Satan trying to enter the home I encourage you here tonight and those watching online, make sure the Lord is the head of your home and that you all bow to him daily. And that's part of what your daily devotions should be doing. If you're 
not having daily devotions, you're cheating yourself. You're dishonoring God. You're opening a possible door for the devil to come in and cause mischief in your home. Maintain Bible reading and prayer every day. Very important. Boy, these days, these are crazy days we find ourselves in this crazy world. And they're not getting any better, are they? They're getting more crazy. And we need all of the wisdom and help from God we can possibly get. I want to encourage you. Joseph and Mary loved the Lord with all their heart and they made the Lord the head of their home. And they were willing to follow the Lord in this new venture and to yield and bow to Him. And so, it's good when the Lord's in control. Now, the Lord did something else. Um, he arranged the government to order and mandate a taxation, which was some, something like a census. But governments sure love their taxes, don't they? That's sacred territory, sacred cow for a, a government is tax money. And so um, Joseph had to make this trip to Bethlehem from Nazareth to Bethlehem because he was of the house and lineage of David. There's the royal lineage again. And so Mary was nine months pregnant. How they traveled were not specifically told in the scriptures. We're guessing that it was probably on a little mule, but it could have been uh, a mule pulling a cart and maybe Mary was in there. We don't know because it doesn't say in the, in the scripture that she rode a mule or a camel or a horse. It doesn't say. But Joseph, being a loving husband, would have done everything in his power to make the, com the journey as comfortable as possible for Mary. And so they get to Bethlehem and lo and behold, Bethlehem was jam-packed full. A lot of people had come because of the, the taxing. And there were in the fields that night shepherds. And this is all part of the beauty of the story and how God visited those shepherds. And we pick the story up in Luke chapter 2. It says, and there were in the same country. Now this is in the country there of Bethlehem, just outside of Bethlehem. Shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, 
ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Would you take your hymn book, please, and turn to 140. Sing two stanzas, the first Noel. The first Noel, the angel did say, was to certain poor shepherds in fields as they lay, in fields where they lay. a cold winter's night that was so deep. Noel, 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 born is the King of Israel. Then answered Well, the angels left the shepherds and in Luke 2 it says it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. We're going to now pause at this time and we're going to be dimming the lights and some of our men are going to come and I'm going to 
light their candle. Now we need a little instruction here. Always keep a lit candle upright. Never turn a candle over to light someone else's candle because you'll drip hot wax on them. Lit candles always point up to heaven. Don't turn them over. Keep your lit candle upright. The unlit candle bows down to the lit candle to receive its light. The idea of the candle lighting is very simple. Light came into the world. That's Jesus. He gave the light to the apostles who then took it into all the world. And it's a beautiful picture. Where light came into the world, the apostles humbled themselves and bowed to the light. And they had a light. And then they went to someone else and offered the light. That person bowed and got the light. In just a moment, a few of our men are going to come up here and I'm going to offer them the light. They'll take the light from me and then they'll go to the first person on the end of each row and offer the light to them. You lower your unlit candle so that now yours is lit and you offer the light to the person beside you, keeping your lit candle pointing to heaven at all times. They bow their candle to yours. You see? Now they have a lit candle. And we'll go all completely through. You see, we want to reenact the light. Gentlemen, would you come forward, please? Parents with younger children, you watch over your, your children. Be very careful with lit candles. 
we're going to sing together Silent Night. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright, round yon virgin mother and And so tender and mild, sleep in heavenly peace. Sleep in heavenly peace. Savior is 
I don't know if you can blow through your mask, but put your hand behind your candle so nothing bad happens, and then try to blow it out. They have to remove your mask. Keep the candle upright. Don't turn your candle over. Still hot wax. All right, we'll have the lights on now. Gentlemen, thank you. That candle is for you to keep as a little keepsake to take home. Almost two years after our Savior was born, wise men came. In Matthew chapter 2, now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of King Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born King of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet. And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when ye have found him, bring me word again, that I may come and worship him also. When they had heard the king, they departed. And lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. This Sunday morning, if you come to our church, I'll be speaking on that subject, the gold, the frankincense, and the myrrh. Three gifts for the king and how they apply to our lives. How we too can give him gold and frankincense and myrrh. We're going to look at that on Sunday. Those wise men, and they were rightfully named wise men, came seeking Jesus. They came to worship him. Have you come to worship Jesus? We don't know what January has to hold for any of us. It's quite possible that there are people in Surrey 
who won't be alive in January. This is their last Christmas. That's possible. I'm sure there are people all over the world. This is their last Christmas. Now, God forbid, but if this were your last Christmas, would you worship Jesus at this Christmas? Would you make it your best? If you've never received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, would you do that at Christmas? There have been a lot of people down through the last 2,000 years that have been born again. They became members of God's family at Christmas. This would be a fine and fitting time for anyone who is not yet born again to repent of their sin and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. That's my prayer that you will do this. Let's have a word of prayer. Thank you for watching the message today. We invite you to join us again every Sunday and Wednesday for more inspiring messages from God's Word.